You found it. The no-nonsense, no-script podcast you've been waiting for. Real people on real issues. Welcome to Dynamic Independence. The home of logic, reason, and common sense. Let's do it. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in today. I'm Johnny Anderson, and I'm joined today by Jason and Marty Foster. Today, good to see you both, by the way. Jason, welcome back. Thanks for coming back. Appreciate uh, appreciate you taking the time. Marty, good to see you as always. We are not joined. my friend. Yeah, we are not joined today by Bruce. Unfortunately, it's um, it's too bad because you know he's always so laid back when he's in here, and he's you know he's he's just all relaxed and everything. But usually, when you and I are in Marty, he's and of course you know now that Jason's in it. Usually, when we get in here and we get into one of our deep seated conversations, we unfortunately monopolize the time from the poor guy anyway. So today, what I wanted to do, I wanted to get into a rather big story that's kind of popped out in the last couple of days. But due to the fact that we have Obviously, today being what you would consider treason day in the United States, what we call Independence Day, uh, since this is the day that we're recording it, we are kind of not paying attention to it because everybody's gone home, right? Everybody in the broadcasting world in the U.S. is just not there. They've taken the long weekend and, and that's where they're at. So they'll be back on Monday. So they're not really talking about it. And prior to this, we weren't really discussing it either because we were busy planning for the extended period of time off. Plus, we were covering having Jason in a couple of nights ago, so we haven't gotten around to it yet. And that is the Maxwell arrest. Now, you guys know who that is, yes? The, uh, shall we say the... the, uh, the lover and confidant of Epstein, yes? Is that Yes, yes. She was, she dated him for a few years, and she is... Yeah, let's just say she was the number two in charge of the uh, the Epstein network. So she's now been arrested and they're saying that um, she knows too much. Go figure. <laughs> Go figure. They have got some very prominent people around the world that are shaking in their boots as we speak. They are extremely worried. And some of those names include people like, and these are names that I've picked up out of the papers in the last few days. These are names like uh, Bill Clinton. These are names like uh, Bill Gates. These are names like Leslie Wexner. These are names, I mean, these are, these are some serious players here. And so yeah. now that she has been uh, taken into custody, they're worried about a couple of things. One, they're saying that she might kill herself, which, well, we all know uh, how that's going to go. And two, they're saying that it's possible that she could be offed, right? They could get to her and make sure that she doesn't talk. So right now she is, uh, she's been, like I said, she's been arrested. She's in the Merrimack County Jail in... Um, Buscowan, New Hampshire, and she will stay there until Monday until she will be transferred to New York City, which we all know how well New York City jails are when it comes to keeping people from the Epstein pedophile ring. They don't have a very good track record. So she faces, if she could, if she gets convicted, she faces up to 35 years behind bars for all the charges that she's facing. And she said that, uh, of course, that, you know, a reporter from the Daily Mail came out and said that he made the point that she knows too much. And he says that she might even take matters into her own hands or someone else might want to shut her up before she gets a chance to get into a courtroom and start spilling. So she's 58 years old, and she's, like I said, she's one of the high-profile people in this particular network. As she's going along here, the first thing that popped up this morning on my screen 
when I was looking at all this was a picture of her with Prince Andrew. And we've talked about him in the past. Uh, Marty, we've, we've had a discussion on, on him in the past and his involvement with this particular thing and how it relates to possible extradition to the U.S. to speak to U.S. investigators and, and so on and so forth. But also yesterday... I saw a couple of headlines that because I've been paying attention to this ever since this arrest happened. There are a considerable number of other members of the royal family that are, shall we say, worried. Now, what what exactly if if Andrew's not the one to be worried here, then who else in the royal family could that possibly be, in your humble opinion? Or was it just a hit piece? I think that's probably just a hit piece. I can't think of anyone within the royal family. But the one you haven't mentioned as well is there's photographs of the Donster with... Yes. How do you say her name again? J- uh, Jelaine Maxwell. Jelaine. It's not Jelaine. spelt like that, is it? It's it's spelt very strangely. It's silent, I believe. It's ah, French. Is it French or is it Irish? Because they use some really messed up ways yeah. of spelling oh, very simple words. Could be. Yes, there were photos um, of her with Donald Trump, and there's also photos of her with uh, Elon Musk as well. Yeah. Uh, now, there there was a photo. I believe that she's taken a photo there with, uh, it looks like, her and Epstein at Donald Trump's Marlago Resort in 2000. That's one of the photos that I saw. Now, the backstory behind that is, is that that was the one and only party. I, I heard about this, and, and Trump even made a statement to this about six months ago uh, when Epstein was, or however long ago it was, when Epstein was taken into custody. And he says, yes, I do remember that they were there. at It was a party that he was having at Mar-a-Lago. And he says, I do remember that they were there. And he does recall making sure that he left. And on top of that, about a year later, I believe it was 2001, Epstein petitioned to join Mar-a-Lago in, in Florida, which is Trump's club. And Trump refused his, uh, his application and had him thrown out. So, yes, he was at that party. It's same thing with Elon Musk. You know, Elon Musk, I, I don't see him involved in, in any of this stuff. I just see, uh, and of course, he blames uh, the fact that it was photobombed. You know, he's another prominent guy. He's the, he's the up and coming. He's essentially um, in an essence, he's almost a Donald Trump of his generation in the up and coming because he's a developer and, and things of that nature. So uh, he could be the next one long term, in a sense, uh, Elon Musk could. However, the way that Elon Musk behaves, and I'm just talking about his behavior, especially as it relates to the progression of human civilization. He's actually taking steps to try and advance the human civilization, as in he's trying to put us onto a track of getting somewhere, as in taking us to the next step, you know, moving us up to that next level of development, taking us to that possible fourth age of expansion. Whereas the other people that are involved here that we're talking about, uh, minus Trump, these people are trying to be regresses. I'm talking about the other people that are involved as in like Gates and and Wexner and the rest, which I, I know you don't know who that is. But these are the people that are trying to regress humanity. So when I see a guy like Musk come out and go against the grain of the elite, the world elite, and he takes the stances that he does, that leads me to believe that he's not really involved with this. Because if he was, then I'm sure, because that's what this network is. It's blackmail. It's, it's how they compromise people. And if he's taking a stance against the grain of the agenda that's being pushed by the world elite, then he wouldn't do that if he was compromised in any way, shape or form, I don't think. These people, whatever they're doing, whatever they wind up doing with their fabulous wealth, just because, and, uh, and again, I'll, I, I stand by to be vilified for this, just because they're into 
young women doesn't mean that one day along the line they might do something absolutely amazing for uh you know the greater humanity but why have they all fallen into this trap into this trap where they are being photographed with Epstein and Ghislaine and why are they attending these parties where this stuff goes on knowing or they should know that they're they're leaving themselves wide open to blackmail what why are they doing that isn't that human nature isn't it human well, nature to to go with not the masses but but it's where the cool kids are isn't it it's what we used to do when we were younger and and you you, you do what the cool kids do only this is the rich kids and the ones that you want to aspire to be with so that older generation of them this this hasn't this isn't a new thing not by any stretch of the imagination it's no. not it's not brand new it's it's centuries old really um that that this kind of exploitation or this kind of alleged exploitation has has gone on it's them trying to be with the people they aspire to be with. When we talked about this on, it was on, wasn't it, Johnny? Yes, we haven't uh, we haven't disclosed that information yet. But uh, yes, we we have talked about this uh, offline, which we will make that available. Which we still have a part two to do of that. By the way, we <laughs> yeah. we uh, we will make that available in the coming days. We're just not quite ready yet. We are working on projects behind the scenes that we're um, we're going to make available to you, the listener. Uh, but we're just not in a position to do that quite yet. But that will be coming. okay. Sorry, my my, okay. my bad. I thought I it's thought okay. that was already out there. We have discussed this at length, and what you just said, Jason, I totally agree with. It's been going on for a very very long time. This is the kind of thing that the rich, the famous, um, the powerful have been indulging themselves with for a very long time. It's like all these actors that have been caught out with women of negotiable virtue, shall we say. It's not that they need to pay someone to have sex with. What they're paying for is for whoever they've just had sex with to get lost immediately afterwards. And that's the way their busy lives are. That's the way their egos are. Their their primal, carnal desires get sated, but every touch leaves a trace and... In this day and age, with so much surveillance, with so much reporting and the ability to record people, you know, video record people, people are going to get found out. And all of this stuff happened, what, 80s, 90s, the the majority of it? What what I'm going to say now is going to sound possibly um, a bit odd, but obviously for underage girls and trafficked girls or trafficked boys doesn't really matter people trafficking is bad people trafficking for sex is bad but somebody a, a famous actor hiring a lady of negotiable virtue and paying her for ostensibly her job which in some states in the in America I do believe it's actually legal why do we have a problem with that Right, it's, it's it's a bit like I can't remember which French president it was. I think it was Mitterrand, but I could be very wrong. He was being hounded by the Sun for having extramarital affairs. Now the French, that's just normal, really, isn't it? I mean, it's 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 almost expected, especially of people in high office, because they understand that the the carnal desires thing. They they release. Not that I agree with it, but he turned around and said, "Why are you following me? Why why are you attacking me?" 
ask the French people if they care. Ask the French people if I can run their country. If the answer you get back is, yes, I can run their country, this is a non-story. It's nothing. When it becomes a big problem is when it's like Epstein. He's, he's trafficking people. He's, he's using it to trap people. He's using it for blackmail. And yeah. he's taking advantage of vulnerable people, children, even vulnerable adults. You know, I, I don't care. It, it, and it, it's... It's just as bad if it's girls or boys. It's just as bad if it's if it's vulnerable people. You know, if it's somebody going in with wise, eyes wide open, they're fully fully informed. They've decided that that they want to earn their money by laying on their back somewhere where it's legal, and they are fully informed, tested all the time. Why do we have a problem with that? With 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 some people, we're in the legal states. Well, as you've put it, I have no problem with it at all. But also, as you mentioned, um, I. I've only watched the Netflix potted version of of the Epstein story. Other streaming services are available. But what he and his partner were, were users. They were manipulating vulnerable people, as you say. And then they were using their willingness to do that to drag other people into their world and get dirt on them. Now, Johnny opened this piece talking about the woman who's just been arrested. I'm just going to call her the woman that's just been arrested because I'm still having problems pronouncing her name. <laughs> I think it's um, just Gilaine. Uh, she's as guilty as as he was, as far as I'm concerned, and she's probably going to get what's coming to her. Now, by that, I mean it should be a prison sentence. It shouldn't be access to sharp implements or a piece of rope in her prison cell or somebody bumping her off. Justice needs to be done. And if there's a whole load of of names to come out of this uh, that she's obviously going to offer up to reduce her sentence, although it could reduce it to virtually no time at all if she says the wrong names. Yeah, I I don't know. I just I just think it's seedy, it's dirty, it's nasty, and I hope she you know faces justice for the people that her and Jeffrey abused and you know manipulated and took advantage of she's got to be held accountable for this she's got to be held accountable for this and and more than that she still has to do time if she makes it that far which i hope she does because as a man of conviction as somebody that believes in the justice system as someone who's worked in the justice system i want justice for everybody right i want liberty and justice for all as the american mantra goes when it comes to the the pledge of allegiance right that's what i want i don't care if you're a guy that sweeps a floor of a of a building somewhere or if you're the president of the united states Everyone should be held accountable to the letter of the law equally, no matter what title you've got or or what age you are, or what demographic you are. I don't care. The law is the law, period. And if these people broke the law and got compromised in that system, then they have to be held accountable for it. I don't care who they are. I, I don't care who they are. I don't care if they're a foreign national. I don't care. I don't care. You broke the law. You broke the law in America and we will get you. That's what the message should be here. Yeah. Okay. With this, with this, though, with with this, though, to answer your earlier question, I'll I'll let you jump in with this, though. You asked essentially what, you know, this particular form of uh, of blackmail. Well, they had to shift after the 50s. They had to shift because and it has a lot to do with with the cultural revolution we're seeing now. And let me explain. Back in the 50s, what did you have? You had mostly prior to that, you had mostly infiltrators coming over from the Far East, namely Russia, and they would train 
people here in the West how to get someone compromised, get a politician compromised. It was simple. You catch him at, say, a communist meeting or something because that was largely frowned upon, you know, and the public largely didn't accept it. Well, that went away. Then it was, well, we're going to use sex. We're going to get you cheating on your wife. Well, if they destroyed the nuclear family, the Western prescribed nuclear family, and they promote monogamous relationships in the West, you do that for a generation or two. No one cares about someone cheating on their wife anymore. So they had to shift. They had to change to something else. They had to. And as, as the elite, you know, you know how world elites are throughout history. As time goes on and their power gets more and more, they get more and more twisted and corrupt and evil and dark and, and just sick. And as time progresses with this particular elite we're dealing with now, they went down that road. And so, again, they had to shift the level of what they needed to compromise someone. And this is what it was. This is what he ran. This is what Epstein and and Maxwell ran. So they had to use this system to compromise people. And then that's what they've done over the last 30 or so years. Yeah. Okay. I apologize to our listener. uh, And the reason some of this conversation might be a bit stilted at points is because there is a really good podcast, which we haven't released yet. And we, we've discussed this right down to the, the, the very fine detail in that podcast. Let's talk about Prince Andrew, shall we? Let's talk okay. about that. The girls, we all, I've already stated in that podcast that we haven't released that I'm not a big fan of the man. I've met him on a couple of occasions, only briefly, um, and found him to be very arrogant, what you'd expect from what the stereotypical royal. and. The people that I know that have served on ships with Andrew when he was in the Royal Navy, um, not many of them have got a very good word to say about the man. But notwithstanding that, the girl that he's pictured with appeared to be between the ages of 16 to 20. I don't know exactly how old she was, but we've discussed this before. And I asked you the question, what's the age of consent? And funnily enough, it varies state by state, doesn't it? In the US, the, it does, the actual yes. age, of, it does. age of consent. Mm-hmm. And Bruce said that in some states, it's as low as 12. Oh, my God. Now, was Epstein's um, massive mansion and grounds, was it in Florida? No, it was actually, it was on a, uh, it was on an island. Uh, are you, are you uh, I'm assuming that's what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where all these parties pull, took place? Let me pull exactly where it was. I was down in the uh, U.S. Virgin Islands. In the in the Virgin Islands, right? So it was still okay. still U.S. jurisdiction, yes. Yeah. So first of all, we have to establish what the age of consent was for the locale um, where the parties took place. Also, in fact, the 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 show I've seen on on Netflix these these girls weren't living in the Virgin Islands they were living in Florida I'm pretty sure of it they were yes. offered money to go to his place to um, just hang out and then he asked them for massages and it all got rather sick but these girls were offered money to do it uh, some were under the age of sixteen definitely and I'm not condoning what he's done but these this girl this particular girl that um, uh, Prince Andrew was was seen with and photographed with. She looked to be um, over the age of consent, and she was smiling. She didn't look worried. She didn't look nervous. She didn't look like she didn't want to be there. And that's my main problem with it. Whether or not Epstein or Prince Andrew, for that matter, are really evil people, I don't know. I haven't got enough detail on it. 
But in Prince Andrew's case, and I'm waffling a bit now, but in Prince Andrew's case, to me, it it looked like um, it was a consensual thing between consent, consenting adults, even if she was only just an adult. Yeah, but he is a member of the most looked at family on earth, pretty much. And shouldn't he try and hold himself a little bit higher? With Absolutely. His, with of, course, he does. of course he, of course he shouldn't should. He, shouldn't he be extra careful? I mean, pers- just from a personal point of view, as soon as I joined the ambulance service, I stopped drinking as much and I started being slightly more sensible and not going driving places as fast because I knew that if I, you know, just simple things like that. I've never been a lawbreaker in any great sense, but but as, as you, you clean up your act, don't you? And uh, he is one of those people who's been in it his entire life. But you look at his mum, his mum is very nearly squeaky clean, I'm sure. I'd love to hear some of the words that were banded around when all this came out in her. I suspect she swore a little bit. I hope so. I certainly hope she did. But he knows what he's going to be seen to be doing almost all the time. The world's press is going to take advantage of any single situation. No, you're, so, you're spot on. You're spot on. But at the end of the day, he went to a private party because the royal family, people who are in that much of the limelight, can't go to a nightclub and just let their hair down and do what they want because they will be definitely seen. So he was naive enough to trust Epstein and Maxwell uh, to run a party to give them a good time, and he thought he was not going to be found out. That's that's the that's the truth of it, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, I don't disagree with that. And you could argue that is he going to do something stupid enough to actually break any laws? Has he actually broken any laws? Like you said, what's the age of consent where she where where they were? Whether morally it's reprehensible for for a man of his age at the time to go out with somebody that much younger than him, or, or you know, that's 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 a moral situation. If he has been found to not have actually broken any laws, you, you might in have that area. bad morals, but you don't necessarily have to break yeah, yeah. any laws. That's the realm we're dealing. Yeah, in, that, isn't that's it? that's the problem. I mean, and that that might what I think he has. I think he has potentially got information about laws that have been broken. I suspect he's got more information about his supposed friend Epstein, and that's what I think he should answer. I think he should tell people what he knows and not use his royal privilege. He should come clean. I mean, like or loathe Harry and William, they are two of the most transparent royals we have. And unfortunately, Edward is one of the most opaque. You know, he doesn't he he, he doesn't show his his private life, whereas the others are trying to just go, no, this is what this is what we are. I mean, Harry bless him, got caught wearing a Nazi uniform or something, didn't he, a few years ago in a in a nightclub. Now that's silly. It's it's youthful exuberance, and it's it, they're, they're, I'm sure there's a story behind it. But he's 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 open and honest about things. It seems, whereas Edward, it does seem he's trying to hide stuff. That's what bugs me about it. Is there's there's other things, there's more information, there's other things he could tell the law enforcement wherever it is. Whether they've actually got a a, a case to extradite him, I don't know. If they do. Yes, he should be extradited, to my my point of view. You used the name Edward twice. Oh no, which one is? It? Yeah, the, it's Andrew. Oh, Edward. Andrew, yeah, no, Andrew. Yeah, and but Andrew, thought, you know, I, I, thought, thought, I meant another, Andrew. I meant, is there another one I didn't well, hear about? No, no, no. But then, no, well, no, actually, no I meant Andrew. Yeah, but, you but, might not have heard of Edward because Edward he kind of keeps very low down. He's the younger of three brothers, so you've got Charles, 
Andrew and Edward. and Edward, and of course their sister Anne. So Edward's kept his nose pretty much clean, although there's all yeah. kinds of there's all kinds of, of rumours. He's managed to live a fairly clean life as a royal, whereas the others seem to have made mistake after mistake after mistake. Well, Charles's Charles's mistake was was marrying the wrong person, wasn't it? And he he marrying the person he wasn't necessarily in love with at the time. But... Yeah, but royals don't <laughs> marry for love. This is no. this is one of the things that doesn't excuse the way they behave uh, at private no. parties. They don't marry for love. They marry to um, continue the you know the line to make sure they've got an heir and a spare, and <laughs> um, and that's what Diana Spencer was all about. She was of the right age. There was probably DNA checks and all kinds of stuff done to see if they were likely to have healthy children, which they did, two boys, and that was the heir and the spare secured. Once he'd done that, Charles um, kind of ignored Diana and and, uh, resumed his long-term relationship with Camilla who by this time was already married to somebody else. So we're holding them up to a standard that we apply to ourselves, whilst at the same time not fully appreciating the restrictions and uh, duty that, that is put onto the royals. So, yeah, but they're statesmen. They're statesmen at the end of the day, though, right? They should be, if they're any good. But... You know, I think actually in their, their statesmanly duties, Princess Anne has, has done, you know, incredibly well. She has, yeah. I mean, she's a divorcee as well. So her first marriage wasn't a success. I think Prince Charles does well when he's on his duties abroad. And Andrew obviously was doing a reasonable job, but they've all let themselves down at, at some point or another. And, and we with, hold them to a very high standard. Sorry, Johnny. Yeah. No, you're you're okay. I didn't mean to jump on you there. I, I thought you were finished. The thing about Andrew is, though, it, now uh, you and I had spoke. I believe I believe it was on that other one uh, that we haven't released yet. Uh, and you had said that because I made reference to possible extradition, and you had said that if that were the case, then that would damage U.S. U.K. relations probably indefinitely. And here, here's the thing. As Jason put it, which I, I completely agree with, with his standpoint on it, as Jason put it, shouldn't he at least come forward? It, now, let's forget extradition for the time being. Let's, ju- let's just set that off to the side, because you've got to have a case there first in order for this to happen. So if you call him in as a witness and then you, you build the case with him as a uh, as a uh, well, not in this case, a co-conspirator, but if you, you put you put him on as a collaborator. So could you essentially could you send F, uh, a detachment of the FBI? to the UK, sit down with him, question him, and find out what he knows. Find out who who he knows is involved. I think that, at the very least, if nothing else, would be acceptable at this point. Don't you agree? Yes, 100%. No, 100%. Okay, um, why? No, I, I qualify that. I would like to see him be open and honest about the whole thing and, you know, stick some names on a list and, and give full cooperation to the FBI. But he, and unless he's actually charged with, with something, what good will that do? As far as I'm aware, he's already given the FBI as much information as he has. That's his standpoint. So just sending a few agents over to 
interview him would just be a PR stunt. If they want the truth, I'm pretty sure they've already been given as much information as he is willing to give without incriminating himself. And and anything more than that is, is going to be just for a bit of a circus. Oh, wow, we've got a royal in our interview room. Um, we're interrogating a prince. It's it's just going to be a circus. And that's that's probably why he's not given the, the full cooperation, as in going to the States to be interviewed or accepting to be interviewed by the FBI in the UK. I'm pretty sure he's already been interviewed by New Scotland Yard, and that information will have been handed over to the FBI. Isn't there there an argument, I'm not one for PR stunts, but isn't there an argument that that is is a sort of sensible PR stunt to happen because it will shut a lot of people up? Because if if this is where I'm talking about being open and, and not opaque, if he's seen to do this, if he has... Or, or if he just published the fact that he has spoken to Scotland Yard, or or not, I'm not telling saying telling him to to publish the list of names he's given because that obviously compromises any any possibility of trial. However, there's not been any real acknowledgement for of of what he's actually done, and this is this is where I come back to being open and honest about things. He he is opaque about it, and and to trust him again, or to to have any feel of, of his what's the word i'm looking for his his majesty any the fact that he is a member of the royal and has certain standards he should be open about it and, and go look this is what's happened scotland yard have interviewed me or just say okay they can come across they can confirm my list that i've already sent them that's all they'll be doing that's all they're going to be able to do because i don't have any more information but if they want to let them you know what you just said, I, I can't really argue with. Of course, that is what should happen. However, we've been talking on our previous podcasts about them, as in the New World Order, um, what the elite are trying to achieve. And these elite are not royals. They are wealthy businessmen like George Soros, like Bill Gates. They are perhaps world leaders, like the leader of the Chinese Communist Party, but they're not royals. And if what they are actually trying to do is tear down Western society by promoting all the things we've seen of late, and again, I don't expect you to buy into this, but I I believe that the climate change protests, the coronavirus, and now Black Lives Matter and Antifa are all linked into this. And what they really mm-hmm. want to do is tear down Western society. And one of the main targets uh, have got to be the few remaining European royal families. They will be hit, and starting with us. And and so by giving Prince Andrew up to the FBI, that's about the third or fourth nail in our coffin. So no, I disagree with that. I, well, I, I respect your right to disagree with it, and I've got nothing really to base my feeling on. But it's a strong feeling that if we offer him up, it's going to be, you know, the, the the first step in pulling down the monarchy. That's an interesting concept you bring up. I, you know, out of all the research that I've done and all the stuff that you and I have been tossing back and forth over the years about corrupt finance capital and targeting the Western civilization, I've never once considered that. 
I've never once considered that they have to remove all the old monarchs. And that would really make sense, wouldn't it? Because you, you can't have... Uh, a group of uh, of ruling monarchs, or essentially, I mean, we're talking about diplomatic status here, but we're, you can't have a group of ruling monarchs if you've got a world elite that is hell-bent on destroying the civilization behind the scenes, can you? You can't have it. Uh, no, but you look at, for instance, Franco in Spain, led the fascist side throughout the Civil War. You know, there were support from all over the world for both sides. It was a proxy war against communism, essentially. And once Franco had got Spain back to a stable state, he reinstated the monarchy. It's still got a parliament. It's still got MPs. It's a constitutional monarchy like ours is. But that was something that a fascist leader did because he understood that everybody needs someone to look up to. And you're both right that the way in which our royals have behaved isn't very statesmanly. They have made mistakes. They should have known better. But at the same time, we have to not be so hypocritical because their lives are very, very different to our lives. We have more choice in our humble surroundings than they do in their palaces. So whilst I totally detest the idea of pedophilia and sex trafficking uh, of of young girls and 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 basically grooming young girls to be at these parties and and do Epstein's bidding. Whilst I despise that, I have to balance that against the kind of choices that Prince Andrew could make. And yeah, it's you know it's 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 not a problem I'm going to solve here and now. But I just want to put all those different factors forward. So at least we're having the full broad conversation. Yeah, I want to jump over to um, I want to jump over to Brexit. I know we said we we're going to have some of that conversation uh, just the other day when you were on, Jason, <laughs> because I've never spoken to anyone that's been a Remainer. I, I've never spoken to anyone. I was asking Marty in the beginning stages of uh, the Brexit talks. I said, "Is it possible that we can even find a Remainer?" We couldn't find one. Hello. I said, yeah, hi, how you doing? So I've never actually I've never actually spoken to one. And on top of that, I've never spoken to one that's actually willing to sit down and have a sensible conversation. Well, I've never actually seen one like that because all they seem to want to do is just scream and shout and want to bite your head off to the people that I see on television and, and whatnot. But I think those are what the ones they want you to see. We touched on that the other night, didn't we? That that if you voted on the other side, I'm not allowed to be your friend in, right, in, in right. the media. That's, and that's, that's, that's nonsense. That's nonsense. It is utter nonsense because... I have many friends who voted on either side. Now, personally, I I like the freedoms of movement. I personally, this is from a personal point of view. I like the freedoms of movement, the ability to go to Greece with with little or no border controls, with and and knowing the the currency that you're going to spend over there, rather than having to work out how many million drachma you're going to have to change so your pound you're, into. You're a fan of the euro, then. I mean, sort of. I'm a believer in nationality. I, I think that it, you have to understand that people are different. However, we touched on it in a bit of conversation afterwards that I do think that the EU is fundamentally flawed. I really do. I don't, I don't think it's a perfect system. I don't hold it in huge regard. However, as such, it needs reform and it could be a good thing. It, it could be a positive influence. And it has largely been. You, you go to Spain and, and see how they feel about um, the fact that 
the EU have built loads of that, rebuilt loads of their roads, and and Greece similar, and and some of the infrastructure that's coming from from the EU. What they don't like is the EU, like we didn't, seeming to seeming to try and influence their laws within their country. If the EU was a, a an umbrella kind of organization that kind of oversaw things like possibly used in the way we've discussed after the podcast last time in in health and education to hold each country to account and say look you need to get to this standard you need to get all of your people to this standard of education because that's a good standard of education and if all of your citizens are at that at that level then we will find the geniuses that are hidden in the ghettos we will find the the runners who who are currently currently um, underfunded or, or currently not able to, to perform as they, they need to be. We will find the new political leaders who actually feel they can be held to account and, and uh, just and worthy people. However, it's become corrupt and it it is corrupt. But my personal view on and why I one of the main reasons I voted to remain is I believe strongly that it needs changing, but shouting from the outside is less effective than being part of the, the argument, being sat at the table going, no, look, this is wrong. I'm not a Tory by any stretch of the imagination, but I do have a certain amount of respect for Margaret Thatcher, and I'm going to get shot by so many of my friends for saying this. But but I have a grudging respect for Margaret Thatcher because she actually did turn around and hold them to account on many occasions, and that's been lost. We have now completely lost that ability. We have been one of the most influential countries in the setting up of the whole thing, in the accountability of it. Without us there, it's now got a much freer reign to do what it wants. And that's one of the main reasons why I voted Remain. If we start with your first point, Jason, which was freedom of movement, yeah? Yeah. I agree. It's a great thing to be to be able to travel anywhere in Europe, but passports are still checked. I still have to take my passport with me. It's not because we weren't in the Schengen region of, of the EU. because. Again, we picked and mixed what bits we wanted from it. We didn't take the currency and we didn't take, you know, the Schengen zone. But freedom of movement has been used as an excuse by successive British governments to downgrade our education and training infrastructure, particularly inside the NHS, particularly for doctors and nurses to get qualified. The fact that we can get pre-qualified people from different parts of Europe has allowed our governments not to invest in our own education and training infrastructure. So that's the first bit that I, you know, I want to state. That's my position on that. The next thing you mentioned was Greece. Look at what Greece has had to suffer because it took the euro and became part of that currency system. It has been hammered with austerity. Really, really low employment rates. The people of Greece have suffered under the EU. And if they could afford to leave, I'm pretty sure they would have done by now. When a country owns its own currency, it's never poor. It doesn't need to be because it can print more money. Yes, it's writing a check that will need to be cashed later. But when you know the, the whole euro thing Spain suffered as well. The people of Spain have suffered great austerity. Italy, out of the countries within the... How many member states were there before we left? 28? 28. 28. Out of 28 member countries, only 11 paid in a positive amount to the coffers. 
and the UK was the second biggest contributor. You know, the things that and and they couldn't they couldn't get much more out of us because we stuck with the pound, but they got as much as they possibly could. And all that money was being put where exactly? Was it being funneled into Greece? Was it being funneled into into Spain when where where and when they needed it? A great deal of it was being wasted by the whole Brussels to Salzburg. Is it Salzburg that the the other centre? Strasbourg. They go to Strasbourg, beg your pardon. Yeah, the whole Brussels and Strasbourg rotating or revolving door kind of thing. So there was that. The last bit you mentioned was not being on the outside shouting in to get change, but being on the inside trying to affect change. The trouble is the bit that holds all the power is the commission, not the parliament. And the commission is completely unelected. So how are you going to change something where only the people that are already in it decide who comes in next? So, yeah, there's my three rebuttals to those three points. Therein lies the corruption I was talking about. You need you, 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 if, if we are trying to bring our world to real democracy, unlike the, the system, personally, I don't feel we have real democracy in this country. Any, okay, you might have even less democracy in in the usa but if you're trying to get the world to to the state where the people have an actual say in it then get the people to rise up and take on that corruption i'm not disputing that there's corruption i'm not disputing that greece and spain portugal italy all the the eastern bloc countries that have come in well the majority of the eastern bloc countries are, are under crippling situations where the germans aren't and the french aren't quite as much you go i have i have many dutch friends as well and they have a quite dim view on it but they by and large feel similar to me the ones that i talk to feel similar to me they they hate it they want it reformed but that's because there's an understanding of, of the corruption and that's that's the biggest problem i think with any of our political systems is they are inherently corrupt and if you take the commission rather than the parliament if the committee the commission genuinely has all the power then the only way to try and take that out is from the people is from uh, uh, the standpoint of the parliament you, the parliament should should call the people to bring the commission to account because the commission is run by the people i'm worried about who are who are challenging the world order i i, I don't disagree with you oddly that i do think that there is a a, a group of people i just think that they might be slightly different people to the ones that you are i think their agenda is broadly similar however if we are going for a populist situation we 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 need to get everybody involved and and educate them that's my biggest thing is education if you educate people properly with all of the arguments then they can make up their own mind if you give them all of the information, I know it's probably likely to blow a few people's minds, but if you, from an early age, give them all of the information, then you're going to have a more reasonable situation, aren't you? Yeah. I mean, when you're talking about education in general, as in informing, uh, teaching kids proper education, they do say that every time you open a school, you should be able to close a prison. But I think that it's become more and more complicated. And as you say, people's minds will be blown. They just will not be able to fathom the intricacies of how the EU is currently working. What was it 1972 
that we signed into what was then called the common market. Yeah, something like that. So, so it was 72. But the plan after the Second World War was to in irrevocably link the German industrial economy with the French agricultural economy. And there was the Marshall Plan that basically rebuilt all of Germany's infrastructure at our expense and America's expense. And, and we, you know, generations were paying for that. So Germany got a big head start there. The French, because of throwbacks from Napoleon's rule and, and the revolution, French farmers had to equally distribute their land to their heirs. So French farms on the death of a farmer got smaller, whereas UK farms were getting larger and more efficient. But the price fixing and the quota allocations all favoured the French and German uh, agronomists, disadvantaged the British. So the common agricultural policy was one more very complex piece of legislation that managed to screw the UK. The fisheries, the selling of milk quotas to Germany. Yes, a number of these things, you know, are no, no longer part of the EU's policy. The milk quotas, for instance, that's changed. But for many, many years, our dairy farming was reduced and reduced and reduced because it was more cost effective for British farmers to sell their quotas to German farmers than actually, you know, have the cattle, have the dairy herd and produce the milk. So our agriculture got run down and down and down at the advantage of the agriculture in Germany and France and, and other parts of, of Central Europe. So I'll finish this point in a second. The point is that it's too complex. People don't understand it. Our best bet was to leave, take our money with us, and then start to do our own thing again. That's what we need to do. That's what should have happened a long time ago. Go on, you've got to have a comeback. You've got to. Yeah, well, it, even, it is. even if I'm talking, even if you want to say I'm talking rubbish. No, I, I, I I, I, I'm not convinced that we have had a few farms get enormous and a lot of other farms get smaller. This is coming from somebody who whose in-laws of ex-farmers. They're now it's my sister's father-in-law um, owned a small farm in in. Sorry, he's, it's now gone down to his kids and they're not running the farm themselves anymore. They're hiring out their fields. So a lot of farms have got smaller and more diverse. We have benefited in many ways from all sorts of weird and wonderful subsidies that allow us to set aside large parts of our fields, which I think is where you're, where you're coming from with the, the they've trying to been trying to downgrade our farms. But that has had an, a beneficial effect on this country in a, in a sideways way, in that we have more green spaces, and one of the things I am is is I'm I'm an environmentalist. That doesn't mean I'm a mad. I'm, I'm a well, I am a climate change believer. I do believe it. It's 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 happening, and I do believe that that human beings are the cause of it. I don't necessarily agree with all the tactics that are being used throughout the world to to push it, but it's it's happening. It's undeniable as far as I'm concerned. But our country has some of the highest 
animal welfare has some of the more green space. We are developing green spaces. We have got farmers who are turning around and planting trees, which is exactly what we need to do at the moment, re- reintroducing, rewilding and reintroducing wild species. That's a really positive thing as far as I'm concerned. And in some ways, we've been able to do that because the EU has allowed us to. Yeah, okay. That's one argument. Now, I'm, I'm a hunting, shooting and fishing kind of guy. And I belong to an organization called BASC, which is basically for shooting and conservation. And when I was a member of a pheasant syndicate and I used to do, we used to do all our own gamekeeping, we would also have these strips of game crops, which were wild plants, wild flowers for game birds to feed on. But the point is, we were conned. We were conned about this, you know, set aside or or whatever it's called the layaway I've, I've, I've forgotten the word but where land that could have been growing food that could have been sold in this country was just laying fallow uh, and and farmers were being paid a subsidy to keep that land that way what was actually happening it meant that food instead of traveling a couple of hundred miles at most it was traveling at least a thousand to two thousand miles to get here, to get to our shops. So ecologically, that doesn't make any sense at all, does it? If your milk has to travel from Germany to get to your doorstep, not that anyone has doorstep deliveries these days, although they're coming back, it doesn't make environmental sense to do that, does it? No, I do question whether milk actually did that, but but that's... Well, yeah, it did. It, it had to because our, our dairy farmers well, were selling their quotas to Germany. Okay, it doesn't make sense to do that. However, this country has has always been a trading nation. Where do our bananas come from? Well, do we need to eat bananas? That's the other thing. If you if you eat, <laughs> yeah, you yeah, there's an argument there's, on that. There's other sources of potassium. I mean, <laughs> there are there are better sources but, of potassium. Yeah, um, but if you eat what's in season, you are healthier. There's fewer allergies. Yeah, um, yes. you know, there, there's yes. there's better digestion of the food. Yes. Do we need strawberries right the way round the year? No. Do we do? No, we don't. But they're available, aren't they? Because they're being forced I'm, up I'm... on farms in in <laughs> in the the Canary Islands and in Spain. Yeah, they they've got no flavour. Well, I could take you to I could take you to a, a farm in Wiltshire that does the same thing. And again, that's because they think, oh, this hydroponic fashion or you know under glass method of growing is is good, and we can produce strawberries all year round. But yeah, are those and, strawberries and actually the superfood that they claim to be probably not. when they've been forced up? If they ripen in season and are eaten in season, then yes, they are the superfood that the nutritionists declare them to be. If they are forced up water-intense rubbish, then they are not. I don't disagree with you on that, but we have been able to do that in this country. I mean, there's large swathes of Kent. The biggest greenhouses in Europe were in Kent at one point, but they might even still be in Kent and it's not widely advertised because everybody thinks oh no it's in Holland and they aren't or they weren't and the one of the biggest there's a there's a huge fruit it's essentially for, for transferring all the fruit from all over the country onto the trains to go to Europe to go to various other parts of the UK onto trains is is also in Kent it's one of the largest covered areas in Europe again I think we're digressing a little bit, though. The corruption is the problem, and and the getting back to why why I'm on the opposite side to you is 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 not necessarily that I completely disagree with you. It's just that I think 
that we'd better shouting at them from the inside. And I'm not going to shout at you for having a different view to me. Uh, and I promise not to shout at you, you either. Now, the EU wants to have its own army. It's out there. Everybody knows about it. Are you aware of what that means the moment it stands up? The moment that EU Defence Force stands up, what it will actually mean? Enlighten me. Well, if you take Ukraine, which is in dispute with Mother Russia, with Moscow, right on our borders, and Ukraine is, well, again, this shows how much attention I've paid, it's either an EU member already or wants to become one. It wants to become one. It wants to become one. That's, that's what I thought. That's what, where the confusion was. So let's say Ukraine immediately um, gets accepted because, let's face it, the EU, after us leaving and lots of noise from countries like Holland, as you mentioned before, also making noises about leaving, and Holland is one of the countries that puts in a positive amount again, then I think the Commission are likely to allow the Ukraine to join the European Union. But so the Ukraine's the moment that- corrupt. It's, it's as corrupt course, as you can get. Of course it is. Of, of course it is, because it's part of the former Soviet Union. And the thing <laughs> yeah. that was, was controlling it all was that, that iron grip that Moscow had. That grip has disappeared. And you, you've got all these countries of, of the for, former Soviet Union with massive corruption, some very, very rich people who were ideally positioned to take advantage of that sudden power vacuum, but it, that's irrelevant. If the Ukraine becomes an EU member state, it brings the EU into immediate conflict with Russia. Yes. And the main oil pipeline, yeah. just an FYI, the main oil pipeline that runs from Russia to deliver the oil to Europe runs coincidentally through Ukraine. Yeah. So, yeah, they probably want some of that uh, thing. How can we hold the Ukraine to account over corruption? I don't remember whether we spoke about it on air, so to speak, but we discussed last time or or at another point the corruption in the US, the corruption in this country. The difference between the US and here and possibly Ukraine and here is that we're considerably better at hiding it. That's that's just the truth. I don't think our politics is any less corrupt than, than Ukraine's politics. Is the, mm-hmm. is the horrible truth. I'll answer that with, with my perspective on it. I don't care how corrupt the Ukraine is because I don't want to have anything to do with Europe other than fair trade agreements where they're mutually beneficial. Um, so whatever the level of corruption is inside the Ukraine or any of the other EU member states and our own state, I don't really care at this point. But what I do care about is that we are allowed to trade successfully, selling the things that we produce that other countries want. And I am sick and tired of this deal or no deal situation that's going on in Brussels, where the EU is still holding us to ransom. And all this time, we are still paying in. The sooner we get this deal struck, even if it's no deal, and we stop paying the better as far as I'm concerned. There's a thing about that deal and no deal. Like I said, I mean, it's not really, it's not my business, but you guys voted to leave. You didn't vote for a deal, right? There was nothing on the on the ballot, as far as I know, from any of you that, uh, that I talked to that, that voted that day. There was never any talk of any deal. But uh, again, the, the whole Brexit deal, the way that they're working it, it's meant to wear the average British citizen out. It's meant to wear you down to where you just get frustrated with it and say, I'll forget it. 
right? Just forget the whole thing. That's why they drug it out for so long. They were they were trying to extend it and extend and extend. And then now what we were talking about with all this COVID stuff said, oh, it's possible. The Germans are coming out saying, oh, it's possible we could do a three year exit deal with the UK. And it's like it, it's meant to wear you down. That's the point of it. You want it done. The British people want it done. Clearly, I mean, by the election of Boris Johnson, you spoke not once, but twice from that standpoint. So his I mean, his campaign slogan, get it done. And as somebody that believes in democratic rule of for and by the people, that's what you guys should have. Uh, we are going to have to jump out of here. I do apologize. For those that have not and want to, please do give us a follow over on the platform of Parler. The last couple of days, they've had a, an influx of about a million Brazilians. I don't know if you've noticed that or not, Marty, but they are no. all over the place in there. And there is Portuguese posts everywhere, man. It's just it's crazy. Uh, so, And at least one more Brit. Yeah, at least one more Brit. Okay, you're over there now. Okay, so do give us a follow over on the platform of Parler. We do appreciate all the feedback, all the comments, the likes, the echoes and or tweets, parlays in this case that you do send us. And we do try to interact with listeners as much as possible. I've had uh, a couple of you contact me already, and I do appreciate the feedback. And I I do thank you all and all of us here. Thank you all for listening. So you can follow me over there. I'm at Jay Anderson three. I'm at Marty Foster. And I'm assuming that I'm at Jason Batman. You're, you're assuming. You're, you're assuming. No, he, you're is, at. He, he is at Jason Batman. Thank you guys for your time tonight. And from all of us here, wherever you are in the world, we thank you for listening. Because it's all of you that listen that make this all possible. We love you, and we love freedom and independence. And together we'll continue to fight for those in the marketplace of ideas. So we'll see all of you tomorrow. <laughs>